0: This is Raider Nation Radio 920, live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation, live at Raiders HQ, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Very excited to be here for the next few hours, and today is the day. Schedule release, and man, I'll tell you, it can't get here quick enough. We'll find out who the Raiders will be playing, every single team, where they'll be playing, when their bye week is, when it's cold, when it's not cold. We'll find out all that coming up at 5 o'clock. And of course, there's many different outlets that are showing you uh, exactly uh, where the games are going to be played. Of course, NFL Network, ESPN. Well, Raiders.com is also a good outlet for you to find out exactly where the Silver and Black will be playing. Myself and Eddie Pascal will be doing a nice special uh, that you need to check out, and that'll be at 5 o'clock uh, later on this evening. And of course, Vinny Bonsignore coming up 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll also roll out the schedule and give you play-by-play and breakdown. So, Many different outlets that you could turn to, but definitely Raider Nation Radio 920 in partnership with the Raiders are your one-stop shop for all your schedule updates. Everything you need, we've got you covered like a glove. And I I was just telling the folks here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center how excited I am to be in this two-to-four slot because right now is the anticipation. Of the schedule. And I know there's a bunch of different people that are leaking this, that, and the other. I'm not buying any of that stuff. I'm not buying any of that until I know for a fact exactly where it is. So I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to tell you this, that, and the other. I'm just not. And the reason is, and I've said it multiple times, that there's so many like fake accounts out there that are just trying to get people to follow. There was literally an account that if you look on Twitter right now, it's called uh, NFL Schedule Leaks. They tweeted out earlier today because after today, their account means nothing right? They, they tweeted out earlier, thanks for giving me 10,000 follows. You guys are fools or something to that extent. I, I don't know it word for word, but basically what they were saying is I have no idea what I've been tweeting out for the last week or so, but you guys are all so locked in on the schedule that you believed it and gave me 10,000 follows. So they said basically, thank you for that. And so then that's when everyone realized, oh, wait, this is a fake account. So uh, I've learned from that. <laughs> over my years of covering sports and, and covering the NFL like a glove, whether it's here in Las Vegas or in Texas or wherever the case may be, I've learned that there is a lot of guys that are sitting in their mom's basement with a lot of time on their hands, and I'm not one of them at all. So, uh, yeah, the schedule will come out around 5 o'clock, but, of course, we're going to talk about it a lot coming up on today's show, and there's a lot to get to on today's show. My guy Bobby Machado's back in the home studios. He'll be answering the phones, checking the checking. The Text line, he'll be all over it, uh, like a glove doing what he do, make us go, make us sound good. And I definitely appreciate Bobby and his efforts this afternoon. So 702-365-9200, that is the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, we got the Ash text line wide open like some old school TV antennas, 69187. You got to use the keyword R&R. You got to put the letters R&R to 69187. 69187 is the phone number. R&R is the beginning of your message. You put a space. And then you put your message, and it's guaranteed that we'll get it. If, if you don't put R&R, it's going to go to ESPN Las Vegas, and it's going to do us no good. So I want to make sure to clarify that and let you know to do that if you want to get a text in on the show. And you know I love to hear feedback from Raider Nation. So coming up on the show today at 2.30, our first guest, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, put out a really good piece uh, on one of the undrafted free agents that, uh, that the Raiders have that – Uh, everyone is is pumped up about you know a lot of people are uh, pumped up and intrigued about we'll tell you who it is and and all about that coming up at 230 also going to ask him about the schedule and as a guy that covers the Raiders like a glove what is he looking for when the schedule comes out you know and I know that the Raiders on paper have a very tough schedule as far as their their uh, percentage you know the 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 win percentage that the teams that they're facing this year now that doesn't always mean everything because sometimes teams are better Sometimes teams are worse, so we're just looking at it at paper but or on paper. So we'll ask Vic Taver coming up at 2.30 what he's looking for when he comes out with the schedule. Uh, I always pay attention to the bye week. When is that? And I always pay attention to the cold weather games. Those are kind of the first two that I'm looking for. I want to know when the Raiders are going to take that first break. I want to know how many games they're going to have after that in a row, and uh, and then I want to know what games they're going to have to go and play teams in the cold, like uh, you know, like the Steelers, like the Chiefs, like the Broncos, you know, teams like that. When are they going to go and play those cold weather games? That's something that I'll definitely be paying attention to. But Vic Tafer will join us at two thirty, at three o'clock. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. A lot of NFL news and notes to get to, including something going on in Denver right now with a quarterback or court, wide receiver. Excuse me. Jerry Judy, who's actually uh, in jail right now in Colorado. He's charged with second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer. And I'm not too sure even what that means, but I know it's a misdemeanor. He's on a no-bond hold, and uh, as Adam Schefter and many others have pointed out, he's innocent until proven guilty. But that's uh, Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy. That's just some of the headlines that are uh, making making noise today around the league. So we'll give you all the updates uh, coming up at 3 o'clock for Cover 3. And then at 3.30... Going to have Zach Cox. He's a Patriots beat writer from NESN. He's going to join the show, and you're probably wondering, well, why do you have a Patriots beat writer on? Well, earlier today, uh, it was announced that the Raiders are making a trade, and they have traded for quarterback Jarrett Stidham. Uh, the Raiders got Jarrett Stidham in a 2023 seventh-round draft pick, and the Patriots got in return a 2023 sixth-round draft pick. So Jarrett Stidham at one time, and it's funny because multiple people hit me up when this uh, when this news broke, like, hey, Q, don't you know Jarrett Stidham? Yes, I do. Very familiar with Jarrett Stidham. He was a Baylor guy. He was a guy that came from Stephenville, Texas. He was supposed to go to Texas Tech, but Baylor was able to flip him. He went to Baylor when Art Bryles was there, and then when Art Bryles was no longer there, He bounced. He was the guy that Art Browse was going to get him to the league. And it's so funny. Jarrett Stidham coming out of high school, even when he was like a junior in high school, everybody knew he was going to the league. It was just like it wasn't a matter of if, it was when. There was no doubt he was going to the league. He was that good, had such a strong arm. Everyone was excited about him. He was in Stephenville, Texas. Texas Tech fans were all fired up. Oh, man, he's, he's close to home. He's going to come be a Red Raider. And as we know, the Red Raiders had a lot of quarterbacks there at Tech, including Patrick Mahomes, including Bat- uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, and multiple others. You know, they had multiple quarterbacks there at Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. So at some point, Art Browse, who was a Stephenville high school coach at one point before he uh, became the head coach of Baylor, was able to get in Jarrett Stidham's ear and get him to flip his commitment from Tech to Baylor. So he goes to Baylor, and this guy has... A big, strong arm. He's an NFL quarterback, pretty pass. Man, he could sling it like the best of them, right? And had a lot of success under Art Browse for the one year that he was there. And then all of a sudden, the, the scenario and the situation, the the sexual uh, harassment and assault cases started rolling up for Baylor. And they all of a sudden became part of that. Art Browse gets fired. Multiple players leave the program, including quarterback Jarrett Stidham. He goes on to MCC, which is a community college there in Waco. He goes there, sits out a year, and ends up going to Auburn. And I've been telling anyone who will listen that I don't think Auburn did him any favors I really don't but there was a good relationship between the Auburn head coach and Art Browse so he ended up there now he's in the league and I remember there was a short period of time at Raider Nation correct me if I'm wrong there was a short period of time where everyone said hey Jarrett Stidham's gonna be the 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 heir apparent to Tom Brady now that didn't happen obviously that didn't shake out that way but I will say this I like Jarrett Stidham I like the fact that he's been with Josh McDaniels for three seasons I think that that's good. That's going to bring some quality backup to Derek Carr. And I know they have Nick Mullins, but as anyone who's listened to this show before, I've said many times that Garrett Gilbert, the other backup quarterback that the Raiders had, were, was, not a, was not a quality quarterback, and he was not going to make the squad. He was just going to be uh, a, a camp arm at best. And a lot of people thought I was just goofing on Garrett Gilbert. Well, Jarris did him. They trade for him today, and they also release Garrett Gilbert today. So uh, don't think that that is a big surprise. You know, saw that one coming, uh, and I know that uh, Stidham is unofficial yet because the fact that uh, you know he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, the, the trade hasn't gone all the way through, and, and he's not in town, and hasn't signed his paperwork, or anything like that. That'll probably get announced tomorrow. But Garrett Gilbert is no longer part of the Raiders, and that is not a surprise. So now Jarrett Stidham, a guy very familiar with Josh McDaniels and Nick Mullins, they'll battle it out for the backup quarterback position. I think that that's a good one. I think it's really good. You know, especially when you're bringing in a new scheme. As Josh McDaniels is doing, I think it's good to to have a guy that's very familiar with uh, with the head coach, and Jared Stidham is very familiar with him. Do I think he's going to take over and be a quarterback of the future? No, no, I don't. But I think he could be a very quality backup quarterback for the silver and black. So I think that that's a, that's a really good thing right there. So he is, uh, he is now on his way to, to Las Vegas, and Garrett Gilbert is on his way out. And also the signing of wide receiver Keelan Cole, that became official as well. The news broke yesterday. He was a former Jets and Jacksonville Jaguar wide receiver. He has uh, been made official today. So he's a guy, if you don't know, Actually has done some really good things. Has played in 79 career games, 34 starts. Has a total of 187 catches, 2,691 yards, 13 touchdowns. And uh, one note that I saw from Rich Cimini yesterday from ESPN, who covers the Jets like a glove, he played the most offensive snaps last season for the Jets. Now, that didn't result in a lot of uh, production. But he played the most offensive snaps and still ended up with about 28 catches or so, 28, 29 catches, uh, 28 to be exact, 449 yards and a touchdown. Whether you're doing the math on that, it's about 16 yards a catch. So it's not too bad. So it's another another guy with, that's a potential weapon for Derek Carr and this Raiders offense, which I think is going to be a very, very dangerous offense. They have got a lot of really good weapons uh, to, to like on that team. Now, of course, uh, the offensive line has got to be solidified or none of that's going to matter. But uh, there's plenty of time to make sure they take care of that. They have a lot of guys there competing on the offensive line, and I'm thinking that they're still going to bring in some other guys to compete as well. So that's just some of the news and notes to get to. we got plenty to get to uh, on today show very excited about the schedule release coming up around five o'clock and uh, now that you know the guests coming up on the show let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive
0: the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 is brought to you by southern nevada chevy dealers home of the chevy silverado the strongest most advanced silverado ever
1: so now that we know that the schedule's coming out, and I saw, I heard JT talking about the schedule, and he was kind of going up and down the schedule, and uh, he doesn't know the, the order, as none of us know the order right now, but we know the teams that the Raiders are playing. So I want to open it up to you, Raider Nation. I want to open it up and get your thoughts on the games that you're looking forward to the most. What... Well, give me one home game that you're looking forward to the most and one away game that you're looking forward to the most. And if you want to go ahead and throw in there when you think that these games are going to be played, if you want to go and feel a little, you know, froggy and, and take that next step, that's cool, too. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. But uh, what's the two games that you're really, really looking forward to that you know are going to be on the Raiders schedule this season? And uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for New Orleans, so I'll go ahead and lead things off. <laughs> I am a sucker for New Orleans. I really uh, love that city. I uh, love going there, and, and I've only been there a couple times, but I'm a big fan of the city, so I'll go ahead and lead off. That's the probably the one game that I'm looking for the most. That's an away game, so the Raiders have to go to New Orleans. Who knows when they're going to go, but, man, that's going to be a fun one. That's a game that I expect to be in primetime. Obviously, we won't find out until 5, but, man, uh, that's one that I'm really – Looking forward to that's an away game that I'm looking forward to a home game that I'm looking forward to. I'm really kind of torn. I'm torn between the Patriots. And the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers got that old battle of the Bay feel. But the Patriots, we all know the storylines. We know what that conversation is going to be like throughout the course of the week, right? We know the whole conversation: Belichick versus McDaniel's, all these uh, former Patriots that are now with the Silver and Black, and you know, vice versa. It's going to be that's going to be the whole conversation. But man, these are going to be two teams that are going to square up against each other and battle it out. And it's going to be at home, so I'm thinking that that's going to be a really fun game, but. My heart, as being a Bay Area dude, it's hard for me to get away from that 49er Raider game, right? That old Battle of the Bay, it's very hard for me to say that that's not going to be my favorite home game. But they play the Broncos, they play the Chiefs, and the Chargers at home. We know that. They also have the Cardinals, the Texans, the Colts, and as I mentioned, the Patriots and the 49ers. So out of those home games, which one are you most fired up about? On the wayside, they travel to Denver. They travel to KC and to L.A. for the Chargers. They also play the Jaguars, the Rams, the Saints, the Steelers, the Titans, and the Seahawks. And I'll say this, that Steeler game is going to be fun too. I remember being there at the, in Pittsburgh last season. Uh, it was a September, matter of fact, about September nineteenth game. I remember that's my son's birthday. I remember that game, and uh, that was a lot of fun being there and watching the Raiders win that game. The way that they won it, with Henry Ruggs getting that touchdown pass from Derek Carr late in the game, and uh, seeing all those Steeler fans salty man. I walked out of that stadium on my way to the airport. I had to get in the rental and head to the airport to get back to town. But man, there was some salty, salty fans. I saw that twice in in, in major uh major salt. You want to talk about major salt? I saw that twice last season. One for that game against Pittsburgh and then on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys in Dallas. Man, those Dallas Cowboy fans were so angry. Oh, Dak Prescott was like the the spawn of Satan. You know what I mean? Like he was the worst thing ever. Head coach Mike McCarthy, oh, man, he couldn't even walk outside without someone, uh, you know, th- throwing a, casting a spell on that dude. It was, it was bad business for the, uh, for the Cowboys that day uh, when I was leaving Jerry's world. And like I said, it was not much better when I was leaving Pittsburgh from that Steelers game. So that's one that's going to be up there. I'm excited about that game. But when you got the Saints that you're, you're playing on the road and you're playing the Steelers on the road and the Titans, which I know my man Demon, who's not in the home studio today, I know Demon's going to be fired up about that Titans game. I mean, man, those are those are some really good ones on the road. But for me, for me, it's got to be the Saints. That's got to be the one that I look at and say, yeah, yeah, buddy. Can't wait to find out when that is. Can't wait to see, uh, you know, how I'm going to make my arrangements and, and, and be at that game, be in attendance. I got to be there. So, uh, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. One game at home, one game on the way that you're looking forward to the most. Let me see. From the 408 right here. Got a text on the Ash text line, booking away versus Saints. Booking versus 49ers, Bay Area rivalry. Pats, hate them, coming from the Bay Area right there. That's a a text from the 408, didn't get the name, but I appreciate it. Uh, Got another text uh, from Raider Richie in Arizona. Home game against the Cheetriots, it's my choice. Uh, McDaniels always seems to play well against the Hoodie. That's Raider Richie from Arizona. I like that one. How about Sir Whiskey Ray? He chimed in, cue it simple. I'm not believing anything out there on social media for the upcoming 2022 schedule. I'll wait till 5 p.m. this evening. One home game I'm pumped up for is a Niner-Winer game. I hope we smack the crap out of them. My road trip game this year is Nashville. Broadway Street uh, awaits me once again. Raiders, Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'll say this. Thank you for that text, my man. But, man, that, uh, that, that Nashville, that Broadway Street that you're talking about, brother. That is a lot of fun, and I know that I was there for uh, for the draft, and so it was a little bit different because everybody was there, but that was so much fun. When I realized the draft was going to be in Nashville, my immediate uh, reaction was, oh, great. What am I going to do in Nashville? You know what I mean? Like that was – I was so – and I'm so I'm not ashamed of myself for saying that, but I'm just like, man, how did I judge that city so so wrong? How was I so off? When I got to Nashville for the draft, man, it was fantastic. I was looking for a way to stay an extra day. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. It was great, you know it was just just to see a sea of uh, people out there on Broadway Street and you could walk in one place and hear some music, walk in another place, hear some music. Food was fantastic. I mean it was phew, brother it was it was the place to be so I was I was really uh, I was really uh pumped up to be there in Nashville, so that's going to be a good place to go. but again, when you got New Orleans or Nashville on the schedule and they're both away games and I, I can only pick one. I'm picking New Orleans every time. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let's go out to the Radio Nation listener line. Talk to our guy Aven I believe Ivan. I believe that's ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. Uh, I am with you on, on this. I mean, I, it's hard to choose the home game because I'd rather have the Chiefs come into town and uh, you know let's take them out right from the beginning. We're not waiting. We want your crown right now. <laughs> okay, but I, I'm with you with the 49ers. I mean, they beat the do- – I'm from Oakland, and I watched them celebrate and beat the dog snot out of us that last game before they left to Oakland. So so that's going to always be the number one game for me. I mean, we owe them. I mean, that we really owe them. And the one on the road, I have to take Kansas City. And so mm. if, if I can't have that one, then we go on the road in Kansas City, win the division title, take your crown, send them home crying, like uh, what's-his-name did at the time – Again uh, and beat Kansas City and the uh, Hall of Fame tight end with Cal. Why I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, uh, you sat on the bench crying that day. Okay, I remember that game. Okay, Tony Gonzalez. Okay, oh. But anyway. oh, okay, yeah. Okay, that's my. Uh, that's my too. I'm sure you got thousands of calls. so I'm gonna let
1: you go, man. Go Raiders. There you go. Hey, great call, my man, great call. And, yeah, I remember that 49er game, man, that Thursday night. Nick Mullins, who's now a backup quarterback with the Raiders, man, he destroyed the silver and black. Paul Gunther was the defensive coordinator. That game got me so hot, it ran me hot. It was one of the – not going to lie to you, it's one of the last games that I got so emotionally invested that, I I mean, I had a tough, tough time sleeping. Like, I've learned – to not get that emotionally invested. I mean, I've had trials and tribulations that's gone on in my life that's made me realize that there's more important things than just a football game, and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from being super invested in everything. I've just kind of learned to to temper my, my anger. But that game, that game ran me hot. Man, that game got me going. My blood. I, I remember doing a podcast, immediately uh, instant reaction following that game, and all I kept saying was, man, someone needs to make Paul Gunther walk back to Alameda. Someone needs to make him walk back, pick up his check, give him his pink slip, don't let him get on the bus, don't let him go down the the highway, make him hitchhike or do what he's got to do, walk his tail back to Alameda because, man, the 49ers just ran all over the Raiders in that game. I remember those celebrations. I have a bunch of friends that are 49er fans that were tagging me on Twitter or sending me text messages, oh, what happened to you, Rick? You know all that? Y'all nobody want to hear no 49er fan celebrating, right? There ain't nothing worse than a 49er fan celebrating. At your expense, there really isn't. All these phone calls. I'm looking at them. Send a voicemail. Send a voice. I didn't even. I wasn't even. I wasn't even trying to deal with them that day. Wasn't even trying to deal with them. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh Let's talk to our guy Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? It's Dan. It's Dan Q. Oh, Dan. My bad. My bad. I thought it was uh Dan Dave. My Richardson. fault.
0: Dan from San Diego just got done walking on the beach, and I didn't bring any
1: sand to the beach, brother. <laughs> I know that's right.
3: <laughs> no, man, hey, it's got to be the Saints. I had a business there for years, and I sold
0: her last year and one in San Diego. So, man, it's, it's, it's the big easy, easily. I'll be making my plane reservations tonight.
1: Nice. And
0: San
3: Diego because I hate the Chargers because I hate go. Fredo Spano's. And my okay. son's
1: a Chargers fan. Oh, no, I'm sorry.
3: So, yeah, those are those are my two. Okay. Besides all the other teams I'm going to go to is, <laughs> at home.
1: Well, you're doing it real big, man. Hey, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Okay. And uh, enjoy your time by the beach and walking on the beach and doing what you got to do. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the Chargers, the, the the home division games and the away division games, those are, those are give-ins, man. You always get fired up and pumped up for those games. But I always like to kind of look at the, the games that aren't, you know, aren't the regular ones on the on the schedule. So that's why I look at the Niners and the Saints as two that I'm really jacked up about. But I'm like you as well. I'm fired up about the whole season. Can't wait and it's only May. <laughs> We're talking about it's May twelfth. But you know, as the schedule rolls out, everyone gets fired up and, and wants to go through the schedule, and that's what Vinny's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to look at the schedule, go up and down it, and decide, okay, here's a dub, here's an L, here's a dub. Or Raider Nation will be able to say, I think this is a dub, I think this is an L. I th-. You know, I mean, that that's, that's the kind of stuff that will happen after 5 o'clock, which is exciting, and I know that Raider Nation is going to love to do that. Let's get one more call in. How about Mac in L.A.? Welcome to the show, my man. What up, Q? Chilling, man.
2: Hey, man, appreciate y'all, man. Hey, I'm so fired up about that. With you, and then, like, we went uh, 2016, we all went to the uh, Saints game. That's the, the game where um, Crabtree caught that, that, that two-point conversion, and they missed the field goal at the end, man. It was the greatest, one of the greatest times on the road. I like going road games, so I'll go to the Saints uh, at, uh, on the road, and the game that we need to see is Russell Wilson and the Denver Donkeys. They are so hyped on this too. Hey Q, I do want to ask you a question about about the uh, Raiders. Um, why we're not favored in what six games? And I think is it is it is it because of Derek Carr and they got us favorite. They got us number four in the division to win the division. You see all the odds. Do you think it's because of Carr? Because they are saying that those three quarterbacks are better than him,
1: right? All right, th- thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And we'll talk about that first. I heard Vinnie talking about that on in the huddle yesterday about them only being favored in like six games. Well, Vegas only has them winning eight and a half. That's all. That's all they got about it, is eight and a half. But if you remember last year, they only had them winning six and a half. And that to me, I was like six and a half. Six and a half. Something went terribly wrong if they won six and a half. Now, little did I know something was going to go terribly wrong. But they still won ten games. So yeah, it's 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 a combination of a lot of things, man. Uh, obviously. Everyone, all, all the odds makers, they love the Chiefs, right? For obvious reasons. The Chiefs have been the winners of the AFC West for a very long time. Everyone's in love with Justin Herbert. He's the he's the darling, right? He's the NFL uh, poster child for the quarterbacks, the next generation of great quarterbacks in their mind, right? Uh, and then Denver has Russell Wilson now. I don't understand that. I'll tell you right now, I'm not buying the, the, the Denver hype because they got Russell Wilson. Not taking anything from him. I think he's a hell of a quarterback, but... I'm questioning everything else around him, including Nathaniel Hackett, who I know comes from a really sharp offensive mind, and I know what they did, some good things in Green Bay, but now he's the head coach. He's, he's the dude, right? And on top of that, he's got a he's what, is he going to call plays? He didn't call plays in Green Bay. He called plays in Jacksonville, and that didn't go too well. Jacksonville's good because of their defense. So I'm really intrigued. I'm not saying they can't be good, because they could be. I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. But I think that everyone's given them a nod because they look at the division, they look at the quarterbacks, and everyone, and even guys that I've had as guests on the show, you've heard them, they say, oh, Derek Carr is the fourth-best quarterback in the, the division. The one thing about that is, and this is just my opinion, that, that, that's fine. He could be the fourth-best quarterback because all those quarterbacks are really damn good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So someone's got to be fourth. Someone's got to be third. Someone's, I mean, so I don't think it's really a big deal. Derek Carr has beat every one of the quarterbacks in the division. I don't know if he's beat Russell Wilson yet. But anyway, I mean, you, you get my point. He's played with all these guys. He's played against all these guys. You know, now I know that the Raiders had that rough overseas experience against Seattle. That was that was one I won't forget. That was that was one that's one to forget, right? But for the most part, you understand what I'm saying. He can compete. And look at the weapons that the team has around him. They can all compete. All these teams, I believe, are going to slug it out. So, um, yeah, I mean, the odds makers are the odds makers. You know, whoever bet the, uh, the over... Last season on the, on the Raiders' win total, won a lot of money. So that's how I look at it. Like, hell, let them pick the Raiders to only win a handful of games and end up the fourth team. When they don't and they switch it up and all of a sudden they end up second or wherever or maybe even win the AFC West, because I think, I think that the AFC West is wide open like some old school TV antennas, I'm not just giving the nod to Kansas City this year. They've got a lot of changes. The Raiders have made changes. Broncos have made changes. The Chargers have added. P- I mean, there's a division. <sighs> Bruh. This is tough. So I would love to hear from you, Raider Nation. Uh, Hit us up on the Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. If you have a question for our next guest, we're going to be talking to Vic Taver from The Athletic, talk about his piece he put out in The Athletic, a very good piece, and we'll talk about the schedule. And I'll even ask him the question about the Raiders being the fourth best team in the division and what his thoughts are on that, if it even matters at this stage. It is only May 12th. Thank you for your feedback. I do appreciate you. That was the opening drive here on NSA Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back to unnecessary roughness. unnecessary roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio
1: 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Live here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, my man Bobby Machados back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, making everything go. We're efforting Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Should be joining us in a matter of minutes want to talk to him about his article he put out on the Athletic about uh Bam Ballasini the uh big offensive tackle from Utah he was an undrafted free agent big dude 6'8 330 want to talk to him about the schedule release want to talk to him about the acquisition of Jared Stidham what he thinks about the Raiders roster right now all things go when it comes to Vic Taffer, and he should be joining us in a matter of seconds i threw out there uh, on the Raider Nation listener line and also the Salmonash text line at 69187 keyword RNR uh, the schedule is going to be dropping in a little while what games are you most excited about I'm looking for one home game, one away game, and why? What gets you fired up about it? uh Cannot wait to see the schedule and to see the way it all shakes out. So you can hit us up at 69187 keyword RR. You could also, if you have a question for Vic or any other guest that we have coming up on the show today, you could always hit us up that way as well. I uh, got a text from Big Dub Raider. He said, My home game is the Pats game because we owe them a few L's. And my away game is Seattle because I'm planning on going to that one. Go Raiders. And that'll be fun, right? The Seattle game, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Well, I don't know what that Seattle team is going to look like this year. Are they going to roll with Drew Locke? Are they going to roll with Geno Smith? Are they going to roll with other? You know, if they roll with other, okay. Well, what's the, you know, what's that going to look like? Who, who's that quarterback going to be? Or is Drew Locke really uh, the guy in Seattle? Or is Geno Smith the guy in Seattle? I mean, I just, life after Russell Wilson, if you're, if you're Seattle and you're Pete Carroll, it's got to be, be kind of difficult finding that next guy. And, you know, that's similar to Pittsburgh. I didn't talk about that when I talked about the Steelers game, but that's similar to Pittsburgh. You know, they got life after Big Ben. When's the last time you saw a Steeler game without Big Ben, right, outside of the few times that he's injured? But, I mean, it's been years on top of years on top of years. Big Ben's been the dude. So now they're looking for a guy. You know, they got Mitchell Trubisky. They went and drafted Kenny Pickett. I mean, he doesn't even walk uh, across the across the, the city. He he literally walks across the hallway, and he goes from from the University of Pitt to – the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, that's a cool little storyline as well. When will he get into action? And by the time he gets into action, will it be this season? Will the Raiders be playing him? Uh, you know, at, at that point, or will he start off the season? I mean, who knows? You know, who who knows exactly when he's gonna get to action? So, what's the quarterback gonna be uh when when the Raiders play the Pittsburgh Steelers? All right, got this text. Uh hold on, I'm trying to say this name right. Hey Q, this is Mendo Blendo. <laughs> Cool. I like that. Mendo Blendo. We'll say that more often. My home game would be the 49ers only because F. F, well, we know. We still rule the Bay and away game. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'll take them all. Okay, I like that. It's from Mendo Blendo. Appreciate that. And my man Bobby Machado just let me know that Vic Tafer now joins us on the phone lines. And Vic, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And I want to get to the piece that you did uh, for The Athletic on uh, Bam Olasini. And I believe I'm saying his name right. Uh, fantastic story. 6'8", 330-pound guy. Before I get to that, though, with the schedule coming out in a, in a matter of minutes or a matter of hours, when you get that schedule in your hand, what do you look for? Like, how do you kind of navigate through the schedule?
4: Well, I look for, like, the tough stretches. There's always, like, a, you know, a tough stretch of games, like some road games. We am back back-to-back. I looking for the divisional games down the stretch. I also look for fun trips, obviously. Like, uh, New Orleans is a fun trip. I'm a big Nashville guy, so I look, I mean – I can lie to looks like a good place I want to have a good time at. So uh, those are the three things to look at right, right away.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you when it comes to New Orleans. I know Tennessee is a great place. Nashville's fun, so we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, I think that that's going to be somewhat fun. Uh, I just remember the look on everyone's face when uh, the Raiders beat the Steelers last year, so I think that'll be a fun road trip as well. As far as the strength of schedule goes, you know, I know that the Raiders have like the seventh toughest strength of schedule on paper right now. How much do you really consider that, knowing that the teams are going to be a lot different than they were a year ago?
4: I do not. I don't even look at it. I think it's. uh also people want content. They want things to read now. You know, things are slow. A little while here for the big release. But to me, it's irrelevant. Like you said, teams change every year. They change more and more. You got like you know, guys coming and going. You got quarterbacks coming and going. <clears throat> Draft picks. So to me, <clears throat> you can't really judge how tough a schedule is what a team did last year because we've seen every like the last four or five years, teams have made great leaps from you know the depths to the to the penthouse. So I think to me, it's not really much. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. We're talking with Vic Taver from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio, 920. Now, how about your piece on uh, Bam Alasini And I, I hope I'm saying his name right from uh, Utah, the big tackle, undrafted free agent. A lot of people have said, Q, can you do a preview on this young man? I was like, yeah, I'll try to do that. And then I saw your piece. So just initially, you know, what are your thoughts on him?
4: I think it's interesting. Obviously, he's a guy who hasn't played very much. He's 26. He's only played for like five years. He's a guy who... Uh, his brother played uh, Big Ten basketball. He's from uh, London, kind of uh, Caribbean parents, so kind of late to a football. He was a skateboarder. And I thought it was kind of funny. He's a big kid. <laughs> He's a big skate rat, like he says, and uh, just a guy who won. He was a junior college in Kansas, and then you know, went to Utah. And he kind of won his battles based on his size. He's huge. He has like a seven foot three wingspan. So just that, right, a lot of that actually gets you excited about him. And as far as now, it's all about coaching. Like you have to go develop him, teach him the right fundamentals, and work on his technique, but. But so I like the Raiders don't really have, like a lot of guys you would think have, I mean, long-term exciting upside. This guy's definitely worth a flyer. They they signed him, they signed him, they agreed to terms even before the draft. In case hey, in case hey you don't get drafted, we want you that bad. Here's a deal we'll give you now. So, you know, so they definitely liked him a lot when it came out on, on, on the visit.
1: Yeah, great, great nugget right there. I mean, the guy stands six foot eight. He's three hundred and thirty pounds. And in the piece that you wrote, he he referenced Trent Brown. He, he referenced Orlando Brown, who now plays with Kansas City. Uh, how much do you think that this this uh, new coaching staff, this new regime, can really work with this guy and, and turn him into something? Even if it's no more than a, a backup, but some quality depth.
4: Exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, if, if even if he's like, he's like a swing tackle in a couple of years, that's a great find because swing tackles are hard to find. As a guy who definitely. Uh, has the one you saw in the piece he has some quotes where he definitely has the right frame of mind. He wants to come in and want to compete. Doesn't care if going against millionaires, high, you know, high draft he wants to compete and his size alone will get him will get him in the door. So now he has to make, you know, the rest of the way up in terms of your knowledge and technique and how fast he can sponge things up.
1: On yesterday's show, we were talking about the things that you wish that this new regime had done, and everyone, basically to a T, said continue to address the offensive line and then a veteran quarterback. As far as the offensive line outside of Colton Miller, how 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 deep do you think this competition is going to be, or how how strenuous do you think this competition may be during training camp?
4: It's funny because we really have no idea. Like you know, I mean, I mean the coaches want. I mean the coaches and team wants. I think it's wide open. Like hey, everyone's going to out there going like, to compete a guard and compete at on and go on and mix it all up, but well, who knows? Because they could have guys that they like a lot more than other guys, and not really telling what they, what they think about these guys. So I think it'll be, well, nope. I think pretty soon, like when, when training camp starts, I'll have a pretty good idea of where guys fit in. But uh, yeah, right now you have to look at it like, like it's wide open. Like, I mean, even Andre James, I mean, Andre James, is the guy you think, besides Colton, has the most job security at center, but the guy who drafted me two weeks ago, Dylan Parham, most scouts thought he was at center. Yeah. No matter who So. And then we asked you, if you were about he didn't really didn't deny it. He didn't really say, no, nah, he's a guy. He, eh, well, we'll put him wherever he goes and wherever he competes best and wins a spot, that's where we'll play. So I think you have to look at it like it's wide open.
1: That's what it feels like. It feels like there's four spots that are wide open. Colton Miller's a left tackle and everything else is open for competition. How do you think Denzel good? How do you think he, he factors into the mix? Because, look, he – Tore his ACL, but it was week one. He had the whole season and off season now to recover. So I'm thinking that he's going to be as healthy as possible come training camp.
4: Yeah, I think in his case, I look at the money. Like, I think that he's getting paid paying like $4 million, and they had a chance to walk away from it. It wasn't guaranteed. So the fact that he's still there, they kept him, he's still there, they're going to pay him his money. To me, that tells me they must be behind him. They must think he might be a guy that can count for a starting role, either a guard or a tackle. So just based on the salary alone, I kind of give him a little nudge above everybody else in that
1: battle talking right now with vic tafer from the athletic here on radio nation radio 920 unnecessary roughness earlier today it was announced about the trade for uh patriots backup quarterback jarrett stidham uh he was a guy that i s- saw a lot when he was at baylor uh, i know that he was a guy that was going to be in the nfl uh, at some point but he wasn't the heir apparent to tom brady like many people thought but he's been with josh mcdaniels for three seasons how big of a deal do you think that that uh that trade is
4: I think it's pretty. I mean, uh, obviously, a six and seven round picks of two draft picks uh, for a guy who you must like a little bit in terms of you think he can come in and, and probably be your backup. I think they signed Nick Mullins, and uh, you know they drafted Chase Garbers, and they also signed uh, Gilbert. But uh, based on the trade alone, I would think he has the leg up on those guys because he knows Josh's system, knows him well, well enough where Josh brought him in at the cost of two draft. And again, people say six seven round picks. Who cares? But These guys care. Those are the pictures of animals to these guys. So I think that shows you a lot as far as where it comes in as far as on the the, the totem pole.
1: Right, exactly. So I think it's a good good trade, uh, again, just for familiarity, just because he knows Josh McDaniel's system. And like I said, I saw him when he was in high school and college, and, man, he was supposed to be immediately an NFL dude, you know, and then he went to Auburn, and I don't think Auburn did him any favors. But – you know, he's 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 going to be a Raider now, so it's going to be interesting to see how that shake out, shakes out. How about power rankings? Uh, you know, I, I don't really take a whole lot into power rankings, but I know that the Athletic put out a piece and had the Raiders coming in at 13th, and they were the last AFC West team. How much stock do you put into power rankings this time of year?
4: How much? But I think it's, it's, you know, it's just fun. We all vote, I think. You kind of get a sense of what people think about how the teams have improved in, in, in the offseason, teams recover, so... Uh, I definitely expected the big AFC West go, you know, go at the top. I still think the Broncos are too high. Everyone think Broncos are like seventh or eighth or right. something crazy. And I, I get it, Russell Wilson's got a ring, but uh, I just don't know. Looking at the rosters, that they're very clearly better than, you know, than the Raiders are. I think uh, at this point, I probably think the Raiders based on talent alone. And so to me, um, yeah, I think it's, it gives you a sense of what teams like you can tell beat writers kind of what they're thinking about. and The teams at the bottom power rankings, obviously, those guys aren't really impressed with the moves they made. So, okay, you can
1: kind of see that. Right. No, and it's funny. I think the Broncos, as I'm looking at it right now, the Broncos are at number nine. And and that's what one of the callers before you came on asked us, like, why why does everyone love the Broncos so much? And I know Russell Wilson, but I think there's a lot of questions. If you look at Nathaniel Hackett as a first-time head coach and then Josh McDaniels as a second-time head coach, I mean, I I think that I would have to give the nod to McDaniels, but that's because of the experience, and then he comes from the Patriots. But what are your thoughts in, in, in between those two coaches?
4: Yeah, I think Hackett definitely comes in as kind of like a media favorite. He's definitely a guy who everyone likes and has success with his band. And Josh is kind of doing like a rehab kind of thing. Josh had a rough mm-hmm. first go over in Denver. He didn't really get along with a lot of people in the media. He, he himself said that he kind of had to learn how to deal with people, both you know, on the field and locker room and outside. So I think that uh, just in terms of the perception, the public perception, I think uh, Hackett comes in with a little, a little more cheerier you know, picture than McDaniels does.
1: Right, exactly. Well, Vic, it should be fun, man. The schedule drops at 5 p.m. Uh, we're gonna be obviously going up and down it, talking about road trips, talking about what, what what time of year it is. You know, if it's a cold weather game or what. We'll have every way to dissect the schedule coming up at five o'clock. I definitely appreciate your time. You got anything coming down on the athletic that we need to be
4: on the lookout for? That's a good question. I just talked to uh, Mick Lombardi today, so I'll come out probably next week. Uh, nice. Uh, then, uh, well, you said a bunch of schedule stuff. Just like, well, we'll stretch it every way we can and, and look for holes. And I just think it's hilarious how so the NFL has not only have they schedules like a release day kind of party, which is a little absurd, now they're doing like a slow drip. Now it's going to drip it for three or four days. Like, here's one game, like, just throwing crumbs to the uh, – yeah, animals at the zoo, I think it's, uh, it's kind of
1: funny. I do, too. I'm so glad you said slow drip because Raider Nation is so tired of me saying that. It's all I've been saying is this is such a stupid slow drip process, but it's exactly what it is. The NFL is, is great at doing exactly that, and everyone is locked in. But, Vic, thank you so much for your time, my man. I know everything that you write is going to be great. I'll be checking it out, and I appreciate your time this afternoon.
4: All right, boss. Take care.
1: All right, there he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletic on Twitter, at Vic Tafer. Uh, a lot of good stuff. And if you want to look into uh, uh, Bam Olasini, the offensive lineman from Utah, he's got a really good piece on him right now. Drop some good nuggets about him. Think about this. This guy is 6'8", 330, and he's a, he's a skateboarder. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, but I was never able to skateboard at all. I had no ability to ride a skateboard whatsoever. I was the worst. I remember both of my sons would always say, Dad, you, don't, you want to ride a skateboard with me? I tried one time. One time I tried to get on that damn skateboard, and, man, that thing, I, I stepped on it, and it flew from underneath me, and it hit my son in the ankle. I thought I broke his ankle. I really did. I was like, oh, this is bad. I'm going to go to jail. You know, what I mean? like they—they're they're gonna send me to jail. They to think I just abused my son. I, I broke his ankle with my skateboard or his skateboard. Beat him up. Beat him up with his own skateboard, right? No, I didn't do that. But man, I—I I said right then. I said I will never ever get on a skateboard again. That was embarrassing. That's never gonna happen. But it's a big dude, man. Six eight three thirty. And he's a skateboarder. That's pretty cool. Good nugget there from Vic Tafer. Again, you can find out that piece, or you can read that piece on, uh, on BAM on The Athletic right now. 2.45 is the time. We're here at Raiders HQ, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. What are you looking forward to on the schedule? One home game, one away game? Which ones are the ones you want to see the most, you're excited about, you even want to be in attendance for? Let us know about it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider
0: Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Ruffles.
1: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Here's your boy Q. My man Bobby's got the tunes going. Let that ride out. How about that? Go ahead, Bobby, back in the at the uh, at the. <laughs> Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance studio, uh, studio. Yeah, Raiders HQ. Got too many studios going on today. Having a good time, though. Uh, been here for a little while. Going to be here a little bit longer today. Very excited about the schedule release. We've been talking a lot about it. We just heard from Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Uh, Want to hear from you, though. 702-365-9200. Ash text line is wide open. 69187. Keyword R&R. Let's start out with our guy, Gangster Raider, calling in. What's on your mind, Gangster? Welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Yay yay. What's happening? I'm Chilling feeling good. You, you know
3: what I'm saying? In a good mood. You know, I love the day. You know, I love the scheduled release day and my son's birthday next week. I'm feeling real good. You know what I'm saying? My son turned twenty one. You know what I'm saying? And nice. so um everybody that didn't hop on the six and a half last year, I'm telling you, I want a little money off of that. So I'm telling you, hop on the um eight and a half. This year, and everybody, the whole everybody in Red Nation, even if you got five dollars, just put it on there so we can start spanking them every time they disrespect <laughs> us like that. You know what I'm saying? But the home game I'm interested in is the indie game, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. for two reasons, because Ngakwe is, um been traded to them, and he made that statement about us going to have to pay and all that. We're going to see, you know what I'm saying? The other thing is, um, I remember in 2016. When Carl was having an MVP oh, yeah. season, we played Indianapolis at home in Oakland on Christmas Eve, and you mm-hmm. know what happened there. You know what I'm saying? So yep. to um, exercise the demons and everything, I think we need to go in there, smash Indy. You know what I'm saying? And get Ngakwe and show him why he messed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He he messed up by not being a Raider no more. And I and um you know the role games I'm concerned in other than the two LA games is the Seattle game because I've never been to Seattle. You know, on the road, you know, to go to a game, and I, it's almost reminiscent because remember, Seattle used to be in our division. Yeah. Before they did the redivision, the the, the the realignment of divisions, Seattle used to be in our division. We have to play them twice a year, so mm-hmm. it would be reminiscent to the old school days. And I haven't never been to Seattle and go against the twelve man. You know what I'm saying? And also, since you at the um facility, I already got my own um, stadium tour set up for my son. Is it? Are they still? Is it? Are they letting people come through the tour of the facility? The um, headquarters, where you at? Is it possible to get a tour for that? I don't and think also, so. All uh, right, and also, do you know about the um, this this coaching regime? Are they going to still have a um, team practicing at seven a.m. like the old regime did? Because I think that gave us a competitive advantage, especially when we travel back east. Because we was already you know used to being up at seven,
1: yeah,
3: uh, Western time. So I think that was um, a um a key component. I hope the new regime keeps that up. Do you know anything about that? And also, um, you don't need to consult any more legal people. I'm your in-house um, legal homie. Because remember, I told y'all, <laughs> right. I told y'all nothing was gonna happen <laughs> with the Deshaun Watson case. Remember, I told y'all that last year. I said I looked over the case. I looked over. There's nothing criminal. It's all civil. And I told y'all was nothing gonna happen. Remember I told you that last year. And then when you had the um, legal guy on the other day, he missed the whole point of why Mike, De- I mean, why, why Mark Davis. Pointing out the dude was in a room. That's a very important right. legal matter, a little yep. legal point, and he missed it totally. Somebody just thought he was being petty. So forget all these other legal cons- consultants. You got your in-house legal, homie, gangster Raider. Come to me first, then go see what the other people say. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. But, um, and also, it's another sign that the mind ain't here today. I mean, the Raiders gonna beat the Titans. <laughs> Keep nice. gangster, y'all. I'm gone.
1: I appreciate the call, my man. The inside legal homie right there, Gangsta and not mad at that at all. And uh, I remember those old Seahawk days, man, when the Raiders played them twice a year. Man, that was fun when they were in the division, right? I was glad to see them go, though. I'm not going to lie, man. That was always a tough out, especially when they had them dogs uh, in the backfield, man, them running backs, man. It seemed like every running back they threw back there uh, was a killer. But Sean Alexander, remember, he had his way with the Raiders. Man, he was doing his thing. He really was. So And that indie game, man, that indie game on Christmas Eve, I cannot – help but remember that one. I was in attendance, Mama Q was in attendance, my two boys were in attendance, and we were sitting there, and when that all happened with Carr, we were like, man, that's all bad. And I remember my youngest son, when we were leaving the game, the Raiders won that game against the Colts, but we all know that they lost in, in, in the reality of it because Carr was injured and wasn't coming back. I remember my son said, why is everybody so quiet? I never left the game, and everyone's so quiet. And I looked at him and said... Because the season's over, son. <laughs> the season is over. It's been a fantastic run. This has been a lot of fun, but the season is over. That was that Christmas Eve game. I'll never forget that one. Uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, how about we get one more quick call in? Let's go our guy Stove in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's
0: up, Q? I mean, you never want to fall or the gangster. That guy always brings <laughs>
1: it.
0: He, he, he is true true Raider all over. But, but let me just point out, a couple. I'm not a big gambler, but when I saw the six and a half last year, I put some money on it. I'm like, yeah. this season has to be an absolute disaster for us to not go over six and a half. And the season was right. an absolute disaster, and we, and we barely made it over six and a half. And then and then we went on that run. That was mm-hmm. awesome. But another thing about this, not that I'm your gambling expert or anything, but but the Broncos started the season three and zero. And as soon as I saw that last year, I put money on their under because they had to go over ten and a half. So just you know. You, if you're looking to bet an over-under at the beginning of the year, that's cool. But you could do it during the year, too. And there was no way the Broncos were getting 11 wins last year, and they did not. Uh, the game that I'm most looking forward to is whatever East Coast road game we play around week 12. Uh, every year there's one, right? We got blown out at Atlanta. We got blown out against the Jets. We needed the miracle from Carr and Ruggs to beat the Jets. Mm-hmm. And then we lost that miserable game to the Giants. I want to see a Raider team around week 12, week 10, with a winning record, fly to the East Coast and beat the pants off of a team that we're supposed to. We never seem to do that. And I have all the faith in the world in this roster and in Josh McDaniels, but we have to go and do it. And if we go and win that East Coast road game that we're supposed to win, that might be a sign that there is something special brewing. Because my son went to that Falcons game I mean, that was one oh, of the man. worst Raider games of all time. Yeah. And, and you know, so, so hopefully. And just one other thing on a separate note here. You know, people, people kill the Raiders for taking Alex Leatherwood at 17 because he might be a guard, right? How, how dare he be a guard if we take him at 17? Well, this year the Texans took a guard at 15. The Chargers took a guard at 17. And the football world is praising them for, for you know, making this great pick. If Alex Leatherwood's a tackle, awesome. But if he's a great guard and we got him in the first round, who's not signing up for that? Right. Let's go. 17-0, and 0, Gangsta Gangsta. That's what I <laughs> say.
1: There you go. Hey, great call, Stove. I appreciate you. And, you know, the, the quick note, and then we'll take a break, uh, on Leatherwood, I think a lot of people, including myself, I'm not going to exclude myself from this, uh, you know, we all heard that he was going to be the tackle, the starting right tackle. And, you know, of course, we all listen to all the, you know, the, the draft experts, this and that. And like I said, I fall victim to this as well. And they tell you and they give you a good idea of where these guys should go. So in our mind, that's gospel. So when I heard that Leatherwood was the number 17 overall pick, I thought, ah, in the first round, like I, I – I, I was disappointed because I thought he was a second-round dude. Not that that matters, because if he ends up being a stud and turns into a Hall of Famer, you don't matter if he got drafted in the fifth round. Nobody cares, you know? But because of the perception of he's supposed to be a second-round guy, and then he was slotted to be the tackle, the right tackle of the future, knowing how bad the Raiders need a right tackle, especially after the failed experiment with Trent Brown, and then ends up kicking inside the guard. I think it's the combination of all that is why everyone talks bad about that pick. And like I said, myself included, because I, I keep saying, hey, if he's going to be your tackle of the future and he's going to hold that down, great. If he kicks inside the guard, you probably could have waited till round two. But that's me. I also thought Trayvon Merrick was a first-round safety, and the Raiders got him in the second round. So as I said after day two last year, I thought, well, Hell, if they swap places, then everyone's thinking that they had a great draft. But since they didn't, everyone's thinking, you know, that since they went uh, Leatherwood first and, and Merrick second, it's like, oh, man, they reached. So it's I think that because we get so caught up in, uh, in what the draft experts are saying that – we just, like I said, perception becomes reality based off what they're saying, not off of you know us being in the war room with these guys that are looking at their board and evaluating and breaking down what they believe is good value. So I think that that helps explain it just a little bit. 2 for the of Time. Uh, hit us up. We'll continue to take your calls. I do have some Cover 3 notes coming up next, but we'll take your calls. I'll, g- I'll give out some more text 702-365-9200. And, and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.